Welcome back guys. For today's lesson, we're going to be looking at two more important elements of poetic craft, those being sound and diction. First, we're going to be talking about sound, and that means we're going to focus on not only what we say, the images that we use, the figurative language that we use, but also on how we say it and what the impact of it is. So we're going to begin with sound, and there's many ways that sound enters a poem. And we're going to focus on just a few, three specifically. The first is alliteration, the second is assonance, and the third is rhyme. I'm going to quickly define these terms, but we're going to spend most of our time together here in this discussion analyzing a poem line by line so you can get a better idea of how these sonic elements add to a poem when you read it and how those pieces can add to a poem when you write it. So first, let's talk about alliteration. To define alliteration, we think of it like this. Alliteration is the occurrence of the same letter or sound at the beginning of words next to or close to one another in a poem. There are many examples of this, and one of the first ones that pops into my mind is from a very famous poem called The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. The line that I have in my head is, while I nodded, nearly napping. That repeated n sound, nodded, nearly, napping, not only calls attention to the words, but it also sets a tone. When you think of that hard N, we feel some kind of foreshadowing that's coming in. It also references the knocking that we're about to hear from the raven tap, tap, tapping on the door. So those consonant sounds, those hard sounds that are showing up at the beginning of that line, that is alliteration. Next, we'll look at another term called assonance. Assonance is the repetition of vowel sounds in words or phrases that are next to or close to each other in a poem. And this also happens all the time. A line of assonance that seems to always be running around in my mind actually comes from pop culture. It comes from a hip-hop song by the rapper Eminem and Jay-Z. Uh, it's called Renegade. And there's a line that Eminem says in one of his verses in which he says, Now who's the king of these rude, ludicrous, lucrative lyrics? That repeated ooh sound in who, rude, ludicrous, and lucrative, again, that's assonance. And what it does is it calls attention to those words, and it calls attention to the beauty of the language. And because of that sonic element, it also helps us remember it. It's how I can be sitting here right now having that line run around in my mind because of the assonance. It's also worth pointing out here, however, that that example I just gave from Eminem is also an example of alliteration. We have ludicrous, lucrative lyrics. So that consonant sound at the beginning is also helping that phrase become an example of alliteration. Now, alliteration and assonance do not always have to occur together, but Sometimes they do, and they often work very well together. The final term that I'm going to discuss is one that many of you have heard of and probably already understand, but we're going to go through it anyway just to be sure, and that's rhyme. When we define rhyme, we just think about the occurrence of the last stressed vowel sound of a word and all that comes after it. So maybe the most basic example we could think of are the words cat and hat. You have a letter at the beginning that's different with a different sound, the k and the h. 
but we start then in the next vowel sound, which is ah for both, and they both end in t. So that at sound makes the words rhyme, cat, hat. That said, there are many different types of rhyme to consider when we're reading and writing poetry, all of which can do, show, and imply different things for our reader. There's no need, I'll stress that again, absolutely no need to memorize the things I'm about to tell you, but it's worth understanding them, and we're going to see how they function in a poem so you can start to recognize how they work in poems you read and maybe employ them in your own work. The first thing that I want to talk about is something called end rhyme. And many of us are familiar with this, and this just means at the end of a line of poetry, you see words that rhyme that are following one another down the page. That's different than, say, internal rhyme, which is when words rhyme that are contained within the line. Note that if you see end rhyme occurring in a particular pattern, every other line rhymes, or two lines rhyme, and then the next two lines rhyme, that is called rhyme scheme. We're not going to get into rhyme scheme too much, but I'm going to show you an example of how that works in a poem in just a second. Another type of rhyme I want to talk about is called perfect rhyme. And this simply means that the rhyming words that rhyme are based on the last vowel sound and all that follows, and they are exact. So just like we mentioned before, cat and hat are perfect rhymes. Same with the words crown and town. That's different than something known as slant rhyme or off rhyme. And these are words that almost rhyme, but if you really parse them out, they don't. So think of the words reader and heater. They both have the last stressed vowel sound that's the same, that E sound. But one is he-ter and one is reader. So the D and the T make it so that the words don't actually rhyme. Slant rhyme can be used in many ways, but it's one way that we can show a little uncertainty, a little instability in poetry. So keep that in mind. Next, we have a fun one. I like it at least. It's called I rhyme. And these are words that look like they should rhyme, but they don't. Think of the word love, L-O-V-E, and the word move, M-O-V-E. When you look at them, we would think they should rhyme, but when we pronounce them, they do not. We get the sense of rhyme without actually rhyming when we use I rhyme. Okay, so before we jump into looking at a poem, real quick, I just want to point something out. Alliteration, assonance, and rhyme can all help a reader do a few things. In particular, they can help a reader remember the poem, and as I mentioned before, they can help an author call attention to specific ideas, words in the poem, and like imagery and figurative language, we can use as poets our language and our sound to impact and allow a reader to gain something new, specific, or insightful from our word choice without having to say it directly. 